The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. Welcome into the EP Podcast, Evergreen Park's very own podcast covering Evergreen Park and the immediate surrounding area. My name is Chris Lanuti. We come to you each and every Monday. Hannah will join me. For a long time, sitting down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar with people from all over the neighborhood stopping by and telling their stories, I never thought there'd be a time where I'd be down here by myself. And that's what it's been like for the last month. Now, if you listen to the regular show that comes out each and every Monday morning, and is available when you wake up, the 30 minutes of good that is the EP podcast. You've probably noticed over the last few weeks that Hannah is, of course, over a phone line. Actually, she's using an app called Podbean. You go to the eppodcast.com and you're on a device that does apps, you're probably going to get prompted, do you want the Podbean app? I tell you this because if you're able to download the Podbean app, you can participate in our new live shows, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. and Friday afternoons at 4 p.m. You see, that's how we're doing everything right now. That's how I talk to Hannah. That's how I talk to the guest. That's how I talk to you. You can be in the app, hit a button, and you're on with us. Plus, there's a live chat room you can type if you're shy. So whenever you hear phone calls lately, whenever you hear a guest, whenever you hear me and Hannah talking, At some point, that was live at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays or 4 p.m. on Fridays. It's our way of trying to bring the community as close together as we can while we practice social distancing. And we're going to keep doing it as long as we need to to support Evergreen Park. To give you an idea of what it sounds like today, I thought it would be interesting to just play the beginning of our Friday live show. We've got a great guest that kicks things off. And you get to hear all the fun music and liners and things that I get to hit on the app. And then after that, Lorraine Swanson, we talked to her earlier in the week from the patch. She's got something for small businesses. But first, I went and I took a blood test to see if I had coronavirus. Let's find out what happened on the EP Podcast, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. Listening to the EP podcast from Evergreen Park, Illinois, on the south side of Chicago. We do live shows at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights and then 4 p.m. on Fridays, and the full podcast comes out available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com every Monday by the time that you wake up. Hannah has joined me. I see her in there, which is very exciting. Hello, Hello. how are you? We're getting ready to start, and then we are going to get the doctor, David Beckman. Very soon here in the program, he'll be jumping on the line. Local Evergreen Park doctor, one of the first to start drive-up coronavirus testing. Probably a month ago, he was on the show when he announced it. And today, I went and took an antibody test to demonstrate it. And he's going to come out with my results, Hannah. We're going to find out whether or not that corona... He has the results that fast. He's supposed to have them in 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah, he's supposed to have them in 10 minutes. But I think they're holding it off so he can tell me online how everything went. All right, that's so amazing. he's, he's going to be jumping in there in just moments. So that's that's very exciting as well. So let's start with that. 
I think I see him. He's online. Doc, are you yeah, there? Yeah, he's on. He's on. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. Um, yeah. I, I, maybe you could tell me if I'm crazy, Doc. And Dr. <laughs> Dr. Beckman is from the uh, Family First Medical Group. They're located over at 97th and Western here in Evergreen Park. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a new practice over here. And he has been very, very involved in helping everybody through this COVID-19 crisis. He set up the drive-through testing for COVID-19. Now he's added drive-up antibody testing so you could find out whether or not you possess the antibodies like you might have had it and not even realized you had it. Now you have antibodies that could fight it off, might make you more comfortable going out into the world. And I went in this, stock, and, you know, here's the thing. You make it as comfortable as you can possibly make it, but it's surreal to, to be in your car and go into a parking garage and everybody's in the gowns with the face shields and the mask and the gloves. And they've got the whole, like, like an outdoor triage center set up and you pull up in your car and everybody in all their cars are in a mask. And I'm like, this is like out of a movie. I mean, do you watch this and go to yourself? Like this doesn't seem real, but it is. Uh, it's completely surreal. Uh, not, not only the setup there, just how, how much life has changed for everyone in general, being, being stuck at home, not being able to go in a restaurant, not being able to go in a bar, not being able to go to a park. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's very mentally taxing on everyone, and it, and it is very surreal. And, and first of all, it, it's got to be draining on you and the people that are that are doing these tests, because I see it. I mean, you're so meticulous when I pulled up, because I wanted to experience this before we talked about it. You know, even though I don't think I've had coronavirus, but and you're, I, I haven't gotten my results yet. I'm guessing you're holding them. We'll get to that in a second if you have them. Okay. But as I, I pull, do have them. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll get to that in one second. But as I'm, as I'm pulling up, I'm noticing that you're the people that are working for you. I mean, they're changing their gloves in between every person. T- they're taking people's temperatures, but then they're dropping the little disposables there. Like they are, they are as safe as they could possibly be. But that also has to be taxing on them because they're trying to make sure they go through each and every step so they don't forget something. And make sure it's like change the gloves, do this, make, you know, make sure I do this. And and you can even see when they're handling the gauze after they prick your finger, because that's what they do, Hannah. They stick you. They're like, okay, hold a finger out of the window, and um. And oh, they, so it's not like a nasal swab. This, no, no, the, the, the antibodies. antibodies are 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 a, a blood drop. So they they prick your finger okay. so you're bleeding, and then, and then they put it like in a little plastic tube, and then they're like, all right, and they give you like a little swab, and they and then they're like apply pressure, and then you kind of you kind of drive off, and you're just kind of like, wow, that was. Quick and also just like, I'm never going to forget doing it, Doc. So let's hear it. Do I have the antibodies or not? Chris, unfortunately, do not. <sighs> I knew I didn't. I've been too yeah. safe, Anna. I've been too safe social distancing. I haven't too caught safe. it. Too safe. Too safe. Man. That's okay. That's okay. So I have to, you know, well, just- I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I thought it would have been awesome if I had them. Like, I think my wife was rooting for it. She's like, then we'll all get tested and then everything will be fine. And I was like, I don't think we've had it, sweetheart. I really don't. You're you're exactly you're exactly right. In fact, um, it's really it's actually kind of disappointing seeing seeing people when we tell them they don't have antibodies. It's it's a big letdown. Um, you know, it, it would be I think wonderful if a lot of people came in and they had antibodies and they didn't really have any significant illness. Then I think we'd feel a lot more comfortable about what the future holds for the next few months but unfortunately in your case Chris you do not have those antibodies all right so let's let's uh first of all I want to explain everybody that if uh and I want to give Dr. Beckman a chance to explain if you think that it's possible 
that you have at some point contracted this and that you're through it, okay? And you or you want to check and see if you have the antibodies. What what is the process that people go through to go get that test from you? So um, basically, basically anyone who wants to get a test can get one. Um, we there there's just a few a few things that we want to do. We we do a screening video visit first, and the reason we do that is because. There's some patients who've been recently ill, and those are actually patients that we uh, would want to do a nasal swab for and not an antibody test because the antibody test is going to give us results usually about four weeks after an exposure uh, to an infection. So if you've been sick in the last few weeks, uh, the antibody test is not really going to be very useful. It would be the nasal swab that would be useful. Um, the, but the, but the antibody test, if you, if you were sick over a month ago, or you're just curious and you, and you want to know, were you one of the people who were asymptomatic and infected, um, you do a video visit, we, we give you some background information on what the test is, what it's like, and then we set you up to, um, come in and do the finger stick test that you had done. And that test is looking for two different antibodies. We look for IgM antibodies, which are antibodies that are formed pretty quick after you get uh, an infection. And then you have IgG antibodies. Those are the longer-term antibodies that can provide protection, you think, at least for maybe a year, maybe two, um, if you wind up positive for those antibodies. Okay, so... Now that we know how people end up going and getting it and what the antibodies are, we go back to the fact that I don't have them. And, you know, I'm a I'm 42 years old. I don't have any major health problems at all. Not diabetic, not obese. Um, I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a, a, a neat, uh, like a fitness freak. I probably should run more. And it seems like right after the entire pandemic broke out, everybody was running except for me. But I mean, I, I, I otherwise am pretty okay. I don't have any asthma. Um, I have a son that has asthma that only pops up when he gets ill. So that's been a concern for us, but otherwise everybody else in the house is relatively healthy. So when I see what's going on, I see that this hits everybody. It's obvious it hits everybody. Although it seems to still tend to go towards those that are, let's say they, they, they have a health problem or they're older. How nervous should I be? And I asked that question because we, we still know that the, the death rate for this is probably one to 2% at, at worst. And unless you, unless you're reading something different from what I'm reading. And then also, secondly, there's now a social thing where there are people on all ends of the spectrum here. Some people are putting on a mask. They're staying inside the house. They're wearing gloves while they're out just to go for a walk all the way down to the people that still don't understand there's any such thing, such as social distancing. They're wearing nothing and they keep trying to walk up and give me a hug. I mean, I got today, I had somebody actually put their yeah. hands on me. I'm going to get in that story in a little bit. And I was like, what are you doing? It's a oh, pandemic. No. I'm like, you don't touch people. And it's like, so there's this whole like array of people and what they believe is safe and what isn't safe. So where do you fall in it? Is it a mask all the time? Is it, you know, just keep washing your hands and stay away from people. Like, where do you fall in it, doc? Well, I think that um, for now, like if you're if you're out in public where you're going to be around um, a number of other people, I think it's reasonable to wear a mask or some kind of facial covering. And what people have to understand is that that mask is not a protection for you. It's a protection for others. 
the masks that people wear and those facial coverings that people wear are not to prevent you from getting COVID. It's so that you don't uh, have virus unknowingly and shed that virus um, around people that are uh, that are more vulnerable. So I think at least for a period of time, wearing a mask when you're going to be around other people makes sense. Now, wearing a mask in your yard or going for a walk where you're not around other people and wearing gloves, that to me, I think is a little excessive. Um, there, there's really no reason to do that unless you know you're going to be walking um, near a lot of people or you're going to be in contact with the public. Um, so I think that the you, you still have to take precautions. And you asked about how, how nervous you should be. I, you, you're right. The mortality rate is actually, I think, going to wind up being less than 1%. I think we we only have a fraction of the, uh, we've only tested a fraction of the cases that have actually occurred in the U.S. I believe that we probably have two to three times more uh, cases in the United States than, than have been reported. So I think there are a lot of other people that have been exposed to this already, which, which means that the mortality rate is um, a lot lower than we thought. It's still more deadly than your, your typical influenza, but it is preferentially deadly for uh, older patients and patients that do have diabetes, lung disease, uh, immunocompromised conditions, obesity. Those are really the biggest risk factors for getting a severe case of COVID-19. And I think until we have a really um, effective treatment or a vaccine, there's probably going to still be some form of uh, social distancing and, and trying not to go into uh, mass gatherings. I think, unfortunately, and I know you're a big White Sox baseball guy, I think, unfortunately, with baseball and sports, it might be the better part of a year before uh, those, those activities return to normal. And I think that if they did return to normal, they, they'd probably be the teams are playing, but there aren't actually spectators. That might be prospects that we're seeing in the future. So let me let me talk to you a little bit about the treatments, because I think that's the thing we're all waiting for. Everybody got excited about the malaria drug. And then after they did some more tests, they're like, eh, I don't know if this really does anything. Now there's a new one that came out today. And I don't know if you saw it from the University of Chicago. And the only reason that this caught my eye is because both sides of the political spectrums websites fox news and cnn both reported on it almost the same way which is like impossible <laughs> at this point like yeah. it's, 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 it's impossible to get those two websites to agree on anything and they were literally reporting the exact same thing and i'm like wait maybe this actually works because they both had very they both had very positive responses to this drug that they're trying out that that university of chicago did like a little bit of a test on it they said that it worked out well and the, the manufacturers up like 15 points or something on the stock exchange today because right. people are actually buying right. it. Uh, if you had a chance to look at that, or I mean, if you haven't, I don't, I don't want you to have to comment on something you haven't looked at, but, but if you haven't actually looked at it, how, how much should we get excited about things like that? Or is that like, is that just us being hopeful we can get outside of our house soon? I know it. I, I think there, there is some hope. Um, the medication that you're talking about is called remdesivir. It's an antiviral 
Um, and it had been used uh, in, in a few patients early on in the, uh, in the pandemic in the United States, and, and there were some uh, positive results from that. Um, I think it's, uh, there, there's some cautious optimism that that's a treatment that for, uh, for some patients will work. The, that malaria medication, the hydroxychloroquine, that's been used for a number of people who've recovered. I think uh, Tom Hanks and his wife took that medication, um, and they uh, and obviously they recovered and, and did okay. Um, and then um, and then the other treatment that, that's being evaluated right now is the donation of convalescent plasma, um, which which is basically donating a portion of your blood after you've recovered from COVID-19. Some of the most severe patients that are in the ICU who get um, the convalescent plasma of somebody who already recovered from COVID-19, um, there, there's some promise there too. A, a lot of uh, encouraging signs with patients that are getting better within a matter of 24 to 48 hours after receiving that. So. Um, so there, there are some signs here that there are going to be treatments that, at least for some people, will will be effective. And I think, you know, there's probably not going to be a one miracle medication, but it might be a, a, a question of, okay, we've got three different options here. Let's uh, let's figure out what this patient's um, risk factors are and which in which treatment might work best for them. You know, and you talk about all the different treatments. I've even read that some people that are on, uh, that are intubated, they're flipping them over on their stomachs and they're seeing things like sometimes yeah. it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, and, and the follow-up question, what you were just saying is, I mean, I had a, I had a good friend of mine that was intubated about a week or so ago in Colorado and he pulled through. Uh, he ended up putting oh, a post great. on Facebook a couple of days ago. He was intubated for about three days. The whole family had COVID-19. He took a turn for the worse. He's a first responder. He's a 911 dispatcher. And he, he couldn't stay home. And eventually, and his wife was a nurse, and it moved through the whole family. And he ended up not doing well while the rest of them started to recover from it on their own. And they just dropped him off at the emergency room, didn't hear from him for several days, and just got updates once a day from the nurses. Now, if somebody ended up getting sick, I, I get the feeling, and you deal with patients all the time, you're going to have somebody who tests positive and be like, okay, well, I've been reading about this one thing. That's what I want. But what you're probably telling people is you got you to leave it up to the doctors to see exactly where you're at because there's more than one different way to treat somebody when they actually have this, right? That, that's right. And, and for the most part, those treatments, unless you're in a, in a research study or unless you're in the hospital, those treatments are not um, approved like as an outpatient treatment. So, you know, the patients that we've tested that have come back positive, uh, most of them have been able to recover at home. And, and there isn't a specific treatment that you administer to those patients at home, the ones with the milder uh, illness um, that recover on their own, which, which, by the way, I know we see all the statistics with the hospitalizations and the deaths, 80 to 85 percent of people that get this infection get a mild case, and they and they never go to the hospital. So, um, so the just from a purely statistical standpoint, um, you know your your odds are better that you, as long as you don't have these other medical problems, your odds are better that if you get this, you can recover at home. Um, of course, there are exceptions, but 
you know, I mean, that's the same with statistics. Everyone can find uh, a, uh, a case where it, uh, it argues against the, the statistics, but, but I think it is still important to know that there have been hundreds of thousands of patients in the, in the world already that have gotten this infection and recovered. Um, and so um, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, it's serious, for sure. And it completely altered the way our lives have, have, uh, have progressed right now, and at least for the foreseeable future. But, um, but I think that there are signs now that we are getting a hold of it, at least in Illinois. Um, things seem to be bending a little bit. Doc? Uh-oh. Yep. There he oh, is. There He's he is. Back. I, was I was worried COVID got him. So <laughs> the evil COVID no. monster got him. You dropped you dropped off there, Doc. But <laughs> maybe maybe we're having a problem with the uh, with with the connection there. Uh, you know what? I I want to tell you this. And and before we before we conclude here, I did I did want to just tell you a story that I I have from this week. I have I have a friend of mine who is a registered nurse. And he has taken the opinion of this is ridiculous. I, I don't know why that I'm why you would have to because he isn't in the hospitals. See what I'm saying? So his thing is like, this is ridiculous. I understand medicine. This is like getting the cold. He won't put on a mask. He's like, just wash oh, your no. hands. This is ridiculous. And he he just doesn't get it. He's like, I, you know, I don't know why everybody's so nervous about this. But, you know, and there are a lot of people like, look, this is the south side of Chicago. There are a lot of people walking around right now going, this is no big deal. I'm not worried about it. And you mentioned earlier, the mask is not really for me if I'm wearing it because it's not really going to prevent yeah. me from getting sick. It's preventing somebody else. So those are the people I'm most worried about when I go out in the public. What What do you say to people like that? If somebody's listening right now, is like, this is ridiculous. This is not that big of a deal. Okay. The Spanish flu was much worse than this and they went out and worked. So like, what do you say to somebody like that? I, I think it's, it's an attitude that we've, uh, we've been able to, to embrace just because we're an advanced nation that has not had to deal with a lot of uh, really infectious and contagious viruses. The problem is that um, this is a completely new virus to everyone in the world, which means that there is no such thing as herd immunity to this virus right now. You know, I think that the people that say it's not a big deal may have the luxury of not having a, a serious medical issue or being vulnerable. The problem is that if you think it's not a big deal and you infect somebody, you might kill them. And and I think that that's, that's the point here, is that it may not be a big deal to the majority of people that are younger and healthy and it might not make them that, that ill, but potentially if you don't watch what you're doing and you're careless, um, you know, a grandparent or a parent can die. And we've had some patients who've gotten COVID and their parents didn't make it. So it's a very, it's a very real thing. We've had uh, many patients who, who've had family members uh, and friends that have died already from this infection. So it's not made up. It's a real thing. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it's affecting everyone. 
That's Dr. David Beckman. He is from the Family First Medical Group. I went and got my antibody test today, and I failed because I didn't end up with the antibodies, and I'm very, very disappointed about it. Uh, so it, it, it's not me. I'm not I'm not the, the little monkey from Outbreak, Hannah, that can save the world. I do not have the antibodies. Oh, come on. Okay, uh, listen, if you want to go check out more about what Dr. Beckman is doing, go to your FFMG. Y-O-U-R, and then for Family First Medical Group, it's FFMG.com. And they have uh, right there, you can schedule an appointment. You can contact them about getting COVID-19 antibody testing. They're also doing the regular COVID-19 test to see if you have it. And all the details are there. Dr. Beckman's there with a big smile on his face, standing in the middle of a wooded field. I mean, he, he looks he looks <laughs> dapper. Okay, I mean, you, you can kind of play the game when you look at his staff. Like, I wonder which one is behind the mask who I'm talking to. That's what I was playing today. So, <laughs> Doc, I I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you uh, letting me try out the antibody test. Uh, it was quite an experience, and it's an experience that I think uh, that people are going through when they are like, oh, I'm sick, or I might have this, or, and, and I don't think anybody really realizes what it's like to go and do it. You guys do the best possible uh, way that I could even imagine it being done. I like, I'm a very critical person and I'm driving through this thing and I'm like, Nope, this is right. Everything. I can't find anything to be nervous about. So I think you're doing a great job and, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank Chris. you, Doc. Be well, be well guys. You too, Doc. That's uh, Dr. Thank David you. Beckman. And it's really nice of him to join us. <laughs> and I, I apologize a little bit for some of the, uh, the audio issues. I blame the app. I don't blame me. Okay. I mean, it's I, I just <laughs> building relationships, supporting the community and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708 425 1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Joining me on the phone line right now, Lorraine Swanson. She's the editor of the Patch Evergreen Park, and she's been very, very busy over the last month or so covering everything local going on with the coronavirus. How are you, Lorraine? I'm fine, Chris. I'm, you know, just staying at home, saving lives. They don't need me at Christ Hospital. No, they they don't need me there either. That's that's for sure. Uh, we love featuring EP podcasts on Evergreen Park Patch. Uh, you're you're a great addition. We're we're both here for the community, and uh, so it's it's a great uh, partnership, and we're very happy to have you. Well, thank you very much. Now, I, you are doing something, or the patch is doing something with local businesses, and it was something that we've been hoping to have you on to talk a little bit about, because uh, that's been one of our focal points. We deal with so many local businesses here with the EP podcast. I'm constantly talking with all the business owners. I know what they're going through. What is the patch doing? Can you tell everybody a little bit about it? Well, in, in each of our patches, we are uh, we're doing open close directories, and I've done uh just we just want local businesses to let us know are you open what are your hours uh what adjustments have you made to do business in a pandemic you know there, there's been a lot of creative things i had a lady who's a yoga instructor and so you know she's not getting paid right now but she's doing uh zoom yoga 
having classes on, on Zoom. And I, I'm just amazed at all the very creative ways that businesses are adjusting. And, you know, we want to see them come back. We we want to, you know, I just encourage everybody to shop local. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like, ordering from DoorDash or Grubhub because they – they're taking money out of the pockets of a family-owned, you know, restaurant. I do a lot of, you know, carry-outs, and uh, I, I ask people to bring it out to my car because I, I, I'm just really trying to stay out of uh, public places. I'm in that uh, boomer remover group, so to speak. So I'm just going to sit it out at home, but. Uh, but what we want you to do, it's on it's on Oak Lawn Patch. I mean, excuse me, on Evergreen Park Patch and Oak Lawn and Payless and also Crestwood. I, I'm the editor of those patches, too. Put in your local business and, uh, I'm, you know, uh, let us know what you're doing, how you're adjusting. You know, one of the things that Hannah and I uh, talked about on our last Wednesday live show and Hannah's got a background in journalism. She was a writer for a while. She was on TV news. I did 10 years of broadcast radio. And we were talking about, especially in the sports industry, but I guess it goes across all all of media industry, is that this is a huge ripple effect on, on first of all, writers and broadcasters and you know people like yourself and myself, just because of the fact that there's less to cover and it's harder to cover it and come up with content when you're sitting inside of your home, how how do you how are you dealing with that? How are you still able to to put out what you're putting out on the patch? Because it seems like you haven't slowed down, Lorraine. Well, uh, I I think it's very important to uh, and and I and I think our readers appreciate this to put out information specifically, uh, especially with coronavirus. And, and how it's affecting, like, for example, um, one of the pace bus routes uh, is temporary, temp, you know, the, the 392 bus route is temporarily uh, suspended because of low, low ridership. But, uh, you know, Dr. Beckman and the antibody testing, I had a woman, uh, I had interviewed her, her father, her elderly father uh, passed away of coronavirus, and she had some weird kind of bronchial uh, thing. She wasn't sure if she had uh, COVID or not, and so she's uh, got an appointment to go and get antibody testing. She just came out of her 14-day quarantine. But just on the ground stuff, what's happening uh, at the hospitals, nursing homes, what are some resources? I've also tried to keep it hopeful for people. And, uh, you know, what are the good things that community members are doing, neighbors are doing to help uh, each other? I know that there have been some area community news chains there, you know, and even you know, uh, papers like the Daily Herald and the Tribune, they're cutting uh, salaries and uh, laying off people. And, you know, we could, but, you know, Patch, because of our platform, uh, like I say, I think we were made for uh, 
to cover a, a, a global event and locally like the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, it's only been like 28 days. It feels like it's been much longer, don't you think, Chris? I looked at the calendar today and I was like, wow, it's just been a month. Feels like a year. And I, and I've, I mean, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I'm living with uh, three children and they range from teenagers down to a toddler. And so I've got, I've got a really crazy house every single day I wake up and I've actually gone to a schedule now where I have been trying to do most of my work in the evening and then I sleep later. So like I'm on afternoons and my wife is on days here in the house. We've gone to shift work so we don't all kill each other. So that's- <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm at home alone with two little dogs and thank God I have them because, uh, you know, they're good company and they get me out of the house. I, I do wear a mask when I go out and I never had to worry about you know, how am I going to find antibacterial soap? I've just, uh, yeah, I can't run into stores looking for stuff. I I, I just try to, you know, play it smart and order online. And, you know, I want to tell your readers this, if you, I mean, your, your listeners, if uh, Walgreens go through the drive-thru where you pick up your prescriptions and uh, you can get, supplies that you might need groceries the you know cleaning supplies um you know your your shampoo and your toothpaste then they don't want you in their store either and uh you can just buy it right there at the window and they'll take your preferred card and uh just like if you were inside the store so i'm really trying to to utilize that lorraine swanson is from the patch and she has this directory. Remember now, if you're a business, go to the patch, get yourself in a directory, update what's going on with you. If you are not a business, but you want to know what's going on with all the local businesses around you, same thing. Go to the patch, go check out what the directory says. And of course, the EP podcast will keep updating you on everything that we're doing. And and Lorraine, I really appreciate you coming on. It was a, it was a great treat to have you on and talk a little bit about what the patch is doing and uh, and everything else. It's, it's better than those crazy Boncourt stories. I used to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last time he came out with the murder and the mayhem and the the dead guy, and uh-huh. that, that was that was it was quite a tale. It was, it was it, you you do tell some interesting tales, Lorraine. Yeah, but you know, it's still interesting. So everybody, be safe, be well, stay home, stay save lives, and practice social distancing. This, this will this will be over eventually so you take care chris thank you for having me another show is wrapped up another show's in the books another show is wrapped up and then by the looks it's gonna be a good one and we'll see you next week and the nude is basement and the nude is basement another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. 
Slancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the EPPodcast.com. Zbayariyaman, Iriman. Pick him up, pick him up, pick him up now. When your day is long. And your night. Your night is yours alone. When you're sure you had enough of this life, hang on. Don't let yourself go. Cause everybody cries, they cry, they cry, they cry. And everybody hurts. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, sometimes everything is wrong. Now it's, now it's time to sing along. When your day is night alone, hold on, hold on. If you feel like letting go, Hold on If you think you've had too much All this life Well hang on Because Everybody hurts Take comfort in your friends Cause everybody hurts Don't throw your hand, don't know Don't throw your hand If you feel alone No, 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 you're not alone If you're on your own in this life The days and nights are long, long, long When you think you've had too much of this life, it's time to hang on. Cause everybody hurts sometimes. And everybody cries, they cry, they cry. And everybody hurts sometimes, 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 sometimes. Sometimes, oh, 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 everybody, oh, 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 when you think you've had enough, I think I've had enough, I think I had enough, I think I had enough. We just made an REM song happy. It was a like Popo's punk there. (laughs)